Welcome to the Barcast. Really shake it up. Bringing you the latest from inside the industry. Watch this space. I love that. Brisbane's best. Tell us what's what and who's who. Whatever you like. Memory of bar. And bar moment. Yeah, bar moment. Bar moment. Been too many. (laughs) Barcast is live. Hello and welcome back to the second episode of The Barcast, a podcast that is bringing you the latest from inside the industry. I'm your host, Lauren Pollock, and I'm very excited to have joining me on the mics this month to co-host Jana from The Bar Committee. Plus not one, but two special industry guests who are going to get creative with us. But first, a quick recap on why we're here for those who might have missed the headlines. Brisbane Advertising Association, the creators behind the Barcast, see what we did there, are going to be going virtual in 2021 so that they can stay connected with you. We want to create a conversation for the industry by the industry. All you really need to do is sit back and listen, hopefully have a few laughs and learn a little something. And if you haven't already, sign up to become a bar member. For more details on all things bar, head to bar.org.au. To tell us why we should become a bar member is my co-host for this month, Jana. Jana is a senior account director at Publicis Worldwide. Jana started her career in media 12 years ago when she was just 19, working at APN Outdoor 7 West Media and Pandora Radio in Seattle, before making the switch to creative agency six years ago at the brand agency in Perth. She made her way over east working for Ogilvy and now has been at Publicis for almost four years. Strangely, Jana has worked on countless brand and recruitment campaigns for three universities across Australia, even though she hasn't been to university herself. She completed award school last year and now works as a senior suit predominantly on Queensland government behaviour change campaigns for transport and main roads, Cross River Vale and Queensland Health. Last year, she was able to add pandemic comms to her CV by heading up production of the government's COVID campaigns to stop Queensland from being the next hotspot for a COVID outbreak. Jana has been part of the bar committee for the last two years and is the first committee member from a creative agency. Welcome, Jana. Hello, hello, Jenna. How are you going today? Good, thank you. That's wonderful. Okay, so we're here to talk about bar, obviously. Um, And as a bar committee member, I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about why people should become members, how they become members, and a little bit about behind the scenes. Um, So how do they become members, first of all? First of all, uh, go to bar.org.au and sign up and become a member. Um, but most importantly, it's like, why would you be, want to become a bar member? Absolutely. Um, before I was part of bar, all I knew was the awesome bar lunches and the good events and everything like that. So it just seems like a really good time. Um, but what we do behind the scenes is we really support um, those who are in need in our Brisbane advertising community. Um, they may have fallen on hard times. Um, For example, if someone has become unwell and couldn't work, um, we will look at our funds and we look at how we can give them financial support to pay their mortgage um, to really help them get back on track. Um, We also donate to charities with every single event we have as we're a not-for-profit, so we give back everything that we receive. Awesome, awesome. So BAR, you would say, is about community communication and connection. Definitely. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so before we get into it, um, BAR socials, just so everybody's got them front of mind right now. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So on socials, it's at Bar Crew. Mm -hmm. And I think email us is committee at bar.org.au. We'll fact check that. And if you go to the socials, it'll be definitely there. (laughs) 
Last episode, we had Clinton, head of marketing for Flight Center, as the test pilot for our very first bar cast. If you haven't listened, definitely jump on that now. A reoccurring theme Clinton brought up to the table was food campaigns. To curb our cravings and to get the inside scoop, we have not one but two guests in the studio with us today, introducing both Ben and Ryan. G'day. Hi. Hello. Oh, yeah. We love food. We <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Ryan is a creative director and copywriter and has worked in creative, digital, experimental and CMR agencies in both the UK and Australia, including Publicist Worldwide Brisbane, Publicist Worldwide Melbourne, Havaz, Worldwide London, Wonderman London, creating work for brands like Chivas Regal, Citroen, Peugeot, ANZ, Peroni, Evan, Rickett, Banksia and Subway. His most recognised work is the global brand positioning for Chivas Regal, Live with Chivalry and Buller's Unfakeable, Suncorp's Money with Sunny and Subways Eat Fresh, TAFE Queensland's Make Great Happen, and Transport and Main Roads Queensland's Street Smarts, and developing the world's first rideshare submarine called Skauba for Tourism and Events Queensland. Ryan has a business degree and a law degree from QUT, so loves crafting the TNCs in any copy deck. Ben Miles has over 12 years of experience in brand strategy, creative media, research, tactical retail, public relations, incidents and stakeholder management, as well as a corporate communications. A graduate of the University of Queensland, Ben holds a Bachelor in Business Management with majors in Marketing and Human Resources, with a digital education completed in Public Relations and Crisis Management. During his 12 years at Subway, Ben has done a variety of different roles, including Regional Communications, PR Specialist, Senior Manager, Public Relations, Corporate Social Responsibility, and is currently the Senior marketing manager at Subway looking after creative media research from retail. My God, what an impressive resume. The big question is, were you ever a sandwich artist though? I was a sandwich artist. I've made thousands of sandwiches over the years. Mm. Um, Younger in life and um, loved it. And um, the best sandwich you'll ever make is the one you make yourself. Fun fact. (laughs) Really? I don't know if I agree with that. As a lover of Subway, I have to, I feel like somebody else making it, it tastes better. Well, I don't know. Maybe because you make a lot of them, then you get get good at it. Okay. So you're, you're but now you go in and you watch them, and you're like, nah, that's not how I do it. So maybe I'm a bit critical now. Um, okay, so welcome to Barcast, as I said. Um, we'll start with a few easy questions to set the scene. 2020, how would you summarise it in one word? Ben, kick us off. Fast. Yeah. I think. Um, we've never worked harder. Uh we appointed two new agencies. We did more campaigns than we've ever done. We spent more money than we ever have. Um, it was a big year, and um, and we had a really successful year. You know, it was it was a pretty tough quarter too, but steamed home in three and four. And um, and the end of the year result, we're a couple of percent close to where we projected. So it was a great year f- for Subway. Tough year, but. Um, but we got there. Was it planned pre-COVID to put in that amount of effort and work and things like that? Or did it just COVID hit and then it was like, let's hit the ground running? Yeah, no, definitely not planned. Um, there were a couple of things that we wanted to do, um, you know, with, with our, our um, agency plans and our strategies. But certainly the reactive approach we took with tactics and, and, and the investment we made in brand... Um, you know, looking at all the, the research that people talk about around the 60-40 brand and retail and everything like that, we really took that to heart. And, and I think um, it's been a slow burn, but the combination of retail and brand has really, really helped us this year. And um, and for us, Australia and New Zealand is, is doing really well, whereas a lot of other subway countries are, are not doing as well at the moment. Um, uh, 
it's probably reflective of the economy as well and generally Australia that's doing really well but um, but we certainly think that um, the work has played played a role as well Okay, awesome. And Ryan, mm. one word to describe 2020. I think Ben said fast, I was like, fucked. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, it, was, it was a tough year, I think, for all of us in agency land. It was, um, we, we, we equally came out really, really well. Um, I think we, uh, we pretty much, you know, submitted our forecast um, even from pre-COVID time, but it was scrappy as all hell. Like, probably scrappy is a better word than fucked, but um, uh, where you know, I, I, I did a big 2020 sort of reel of all of our work from last year. Um, and it was scrappy. You can sort of see it was quick. It was, um, it was uh, done, you know, as nimbly as we possibly could. Um, a lot of stock of, videos. Yeah, it's a lot of stock <laughs> videos, a lot of remote shooting and bits and pieces. But, um, but... Equally, really proud of that too. You awesome. know, so equally, you know, you know, really proud that we um, that we got out of that year um, in such a good state and um, and improve our work to our clients through just being really agile and um, and and, help, and helping them out in a time of need as well. Beautiful. Now, Jana told me before we jumped on the mics that you two have developed a little bit of a bromance, oh um, which mm. I love. So, favorite thing about each other, Ryan? You can kick this one off. Well, we, it's not so much a bromance, it's just a shared love of um, steak fritz and okay. red wine. So, okay, um, fair enough. And those, those three now. things are pretty much the three main things in life, I think, generally. <laughs> um, uh, so, no, yeah, we, we, uh, we, have, we have similar attitudes towards a lot of things. And I think um, both, um, <laughs> the, and I think the biggest similarity with us is that um, we're really, really impatient, you know? Like, we just want to get shit done yeah. and get, sh- get shit done really quickly. Um, we're you know we like provocative thought and I think what what's what's your quote about um it's like arrogant no I don't know, um, what is it uh, like bluntness for the audience sometimes you can't so, be super blunt right yeah yeah you gotta you gotta give it appropriately but um if I talk to Ryan there is no <laughs> filter mm. and and it's just that's a shit idea or that's a good idea mm. and so that's good but I I thought. You would mention this, and I thought, how hilarious. It's not married at first sight. Like, <laughs> we work together. But I think, I think working relationships are some of the most important relationships that you ever form. And so those shared values has obviously helped Subway's campaigns be successful in 2020. Look, like, I, not so much the steak and the wine, although that does help. But It helps. I think having a, 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 a client having a close experience with a creative director is one of the most important things in an agency-client relationship because... Mm. Um, if I'm not pumped and he's not pumped, then mm. it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, you get bored and and you're not into the detail. So mm. I think um, it's something that I I think I think is one of the most important things is is someone on the client side um, has to work closely with that person. Um, yeah, I think to, you know sort of further that I think um, it's amazing how much time and money agencies waste. At second guessing, you know, like second guessing feedback or trying to read between the lines and email feedback and things like that. If you can just jump on the phone and very and bluntly um, just ask the question, do you like it or not? You know, mm. or you know, is this what you mean or not, or whatever. And and you know, if you, if you can be really really blunt about it, um, you just cut to the chase and you get better work done. So, I think I think that's the secret to our success. Now, uh-huh. in a lot of relationships, you know, with agencies, there seems to be this agency client like. You know, you've got to present the work and then assess the work. And But I kind of think of it more as like how I work with my boss, Radhika. We're, we're very in tune and you need that same... Rela- you can't have like an us, them agent. You've got to be basically... We both work for Subway. We just work for different parts of Subway. So that's that's how I think of it. 
Hashtag Team Fresh. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, so, Ben, we know that the Subway Australia and New Zealand Creative Council has been brought up to us in Brisbane after three years down in Sydney. This is a massive win for the Brisbane um, advertising community. So what has brought on this decision ultimately? Look, we wanted to... Uh, how should We started things. Uh, we, we started a lot of things in 2018 and 2019 as a brand. We, we, tr- we tried new products. We did new restaurants, new, new logo. We, we did a lot of things. And we got to 2020 and had a relook at our North Star. What are we trying to stand for? And we felt that some new creative thinking could be beneficial. And it wasn't so much... Uh, we need to bring it back to Brisbane. It was a, we need to throw it open and who has the best creative opinion on our brand and who can help us articulate our North Star better than anybody else. Um, and we firmly believe, uh, and, and Radik is a big proponent of this, that the, some of the best talent in Australia is in Brisbane. And and we threw it open and our incumbent agency we're, from the past, we're still working with as well um, in a smaller capacity, but the team of publicists really blew us away in terms of they are true fans of Subway and they understood the brand and the history of the brand and the truths we were trying to tell. So bringing it back to Brisbane, the, the other really massive benefit is having a face-to-face relationship. It's very hard that that relationship that I talk about of a personal relationship where you can be blunt and can go for steak is hard to do remotely. So definitely face, whether you have a remote agency or not, that face-to-face part is a critical important. And of course that's going to be easier in person, but the biggest focus was the right idea. We needed the right idea. Um, and we felt the team found that. Um, so given the change in the fast food landscape over the past couple of years with people being healthier and delivery services like Uber Eats, how had Subway had to adapt to this change? Well, early on last year, we sat down and said, we've done a lot of interesting, fun, new things, but how can we resonate? How can we really hit hard to uh, what guests are telling us? We did a lot of research and we found out that there were five core challenges with our brand around top of mind, relevance, Funnel fallout, um, there was the value equation and, and retail effectiveness is our kind of five areas that we really needed to fix. Um, and in a lot of ways, the changing landscape has been a part of that. You know, when people are saying, we know you Subway, we like you Subway, but we're not coming, part of that's convenience, part of it's delivery uh, and making sure that we're relevant with our healthier message uh, or our eat fresh message. So for us, it was about being really focused on identifying our problems first and choosing what not to do as much as choosing what to do. We, we also spent a lot of time over the last 10 years, I think, trying to be something that we're not. We were trying too hard to change. And guests told us, just, just take it back to basics, Subway. Be who you are. And certainly the publicist team helped us think about what do we want to be famous for? And there were there were some critical things that we sat down and said, you know, we want to be famous for the footlong. We want to be famous for Eat Fresh. And they're the things that we're really focused on, just simplifying it down. And we think that that will resonate. No matter how the trends change or the fads of the day, if you have something true at its core, we believe it will resonate. And our results lately have 
shown that that's been working working well. It's funny. I, I you know I think the benefit that I have is I grew up. I'm I'm pretty old now, and I grew up when Subway was really cool. You know, it, it, when when I was a gangly ginger teenager, um, and I'd be having chicken classic with long subs, and uh, Subway was a place to be. Like, and all, and all your mates were sandwich artists, and and um, it was famous. It was famous for the footlong. It was famous for fresh salads. It was famous for you know for 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 amazing taste and and personalization and customization and. Um, and all you know, all all um all I needed to do as you know, as an ECD was try to work out what that was and bring it back. You know, it was a pretty simple job for me, and just to hark back to those days when I thought it was cool and just bring that back into a contemporary age. And um, all the proof points are there. Like there are so many brands you work for, um, they have to try to create it yourself. You're trying to create it from nothing. But Subway have got everything they need to be a hyper successful brand in in today's contemporary foodscape, um, and we just have to have to bring it back to the to the fore. Well, we we talked a lot about Audi, you know, where mm. Audi had to change perception of they were not good quality, and they mm. had to change perception that they were. That was their whole approach, in my opinion. Mm. Um, we don't have to change anything. When we tried to do new things, guests said. Don't do that. Just be who you are. We love you who you are. What, what's, what's, what's the stupidest thing Subway has ever done? Oh, I don't know. There's been, there's been a few over the years. Um, I think that, um, you know, sometimes you try and reinvent yourself with, with new products. And I think that I, I don't know if it's one thing. I think it's like um, not being clear on why you're doing something is pretty stupid. You know, if you're going to do a particular flavour whatever it is, peri-peri chicken, Mediterranean chicken, why would they come to you versus getting a Mediterranean chicken at McDonald's? Mm. And I think without asking yourself that question, then why... It's just noise, mm. you know? Um, and it's not resonant. And, yeah, mm. so I, I think... I don't know. I can't pick out something <laughs> particular. Yeah. Okay, so we talked a lot about footlongs and six inches... I want to talk about cookies. Um, so yes. I'm a huge fan of the Subway cookie. We all are. The I whole mean, world is. It just, it's Come an on. easy thing to go and pick up. My partner is a huge fan of cookies. It saves me from baking. You're right there. You did a Christmas ad, um, which I don't think has ever been done before. Is that correct? Correct. Mm. Um, how did it come to be? Thoughts on that? What kind of success rate did you see from that? I personally bought cookies at Christmas time because I saw it on a billboard. It was like the day before Christmas. I was running out of things to get my partner. And I thought, <laughs> why not just get 12 dozen cookies? And 12 put dozen? Some, mm. Wow. Well, I had to fill a really Thank big you. jar. <laughs> there goes the sales so, We're go. trying to work out why there was a sales <laughs> market recently. That's um, it. It's that go. huge jar of cookies that are still sitting on my own. <laughs> uh, no, they went in 24 hours. No, so. look, the, the, whole, the, the, the whole strategy that, we, that you know, publicists and Subway have been working on is, um, is bringing back what Subway should be famous for. And cookies, it's such a cultural thing. Like we, know, we, we, we all know they're that soft, malleable, oh, like Love just that. amazing. And... And uh, and I, I remember saying to Ben in one of the uh, the sort of creative presentations, you don't understand how bloody good these things are. Like, and, and I think sometimes Subway, like you know, with so many different things to do, like they forget how how good you know um, you know so some of their things are. And I think um, 
you know, again, it was just about trying to hero it. And, and when we were briefed, uh, like, you, know, you know, around that time of the year, that there's a beautiful cultural serendipity with cookies and with Santa. And, and, uh, and it was just a beautiful um, sort of moment, I think, a connection. Um, and then also for us strategically and from a media point of view with Icon, um, you know, we, we sort of you know, were taking some reference from the John Lewis's of the world, and the Sainsbury's, and the Tesco's in the UK that do these amazing Halo ads over the Christmas time that, um, that are cultural, that sort of set the tone for the season. Um, uh, but knowing that, um, like I think the John Lewis ad, I think uh, I sort of saw a stat the other day, the John Lewis ad, which is so worldwide famous, right? They only spend, that, that's, that's only 13% of their overall marketing spend for the year but halo so much more. And we're hoping for the same sort of result from our cookies ad, that it would, um, it would halo other products um, buy and then sort of set the tone for the year. I think that's proven to be pretty pretty accurate. Is that right, Ben? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think that the cookies campaign is exactly what we... I, I spoke about the problems, you know, that, that we said to the team, we need to uh, be relevant at that time of year and we need something that stands out. And then that, that, was, that was the brief, pretty mm. much. Mm. And we didn't even think that cookies would come back. Um, and they said, what, what's more famous other than your foot long? It's your cookies. And, and the results were exactly aligned to the strategy, which was so encouraging. Single cookie sales stayed about the same, but um, packs went up. But the most exciting thing is sandwich sales went up. Well, because you're there. You know? But the whole purpose of it was just to get in front of your face and just to get Subway in your mind. And it absolutely did that because there was not a sandwich advertised in sight and yet sandwich sales went up. So mm-hmm. to me, that's an exact example of just be relevant and be top of mind and the results will come. It was pretty scary to sell your cheapest item, spend all of your budget, that's a dollar <laughs> per cookie. <laughs> um, but we were confident that people weren't going to just come in and buy a dollar cookie, and they didn't. Um, so that that was really encouraging for the doing more scary things mm. to um, to give it a crack and stay true to the strategy that we set out at the start of the year. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Let's talk about the Fresh Prince. Mm. Eat Fresh, come back. How did that come to be? Tell us a little bit about behind the scenes. Cause... We're actually going to wrap it for you. Okay, no, fantastic. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that enough. In <laughs> um, so it, when did that sort of first idea come into fruition, I guess, and when did it kick off from there? Uh, we said we um, when we talked about what do we want to be famous for, you know, what's more famous than Eat Fresh? Um, for, for years, we tried all these different taglines and probably most of our guests went, isn't it still Eat Fresh? Did you ever change it? <laughs> so we thought, let's own it. And, um, and that was the brief, um, owning it. And um, I mean, you guys blew it up from there. Yeah, look, I think um, what, what's what we've done with Eat Fresh is just expand its meaning. So back in the day, Eat Fresh, the whole strategy with Eat Fresh is that, um, you know, back in the day, it just meant fresh salads. It was like eat fresh salads and on sandwiches. Um, but actually, Subway all along had this fresh mentality, like about doing things in a fresh way. Like they, they flipped the counter, um, uh, you know, in, in sort of fast food. So rather than, than, than preparing your, your food behind the counter, they did it right in front of you. Um, they had footlongs rather than burgers. They don't have chips or fries. They've got salads and cookies and bits and pieces. Like they've, they've always been different. And um, so for us, it was just about trying to expand the meaning from, from just eat fresh as in fresh salads. Eat fresh in a fresher way, fresher attitude, which we're trying to bring through all the work as well. But 
Um, yeah, it, it was it was a it was it was a tough brief that we were given actually for the brand relaunch. Um, we 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 pitched that strategy, and then Ben said, "I I, I sort of want that almost manifesto on on you know on screen to sort of make sure that people understand what we're talking about about being different and being fresh and." Um, uh, but it's really hard to put manifestos in front of consumers because they, they see it a mile away. Um, so what we did is, is, is find a like-minded story, you know, and, uh, and in the Fresh Prince story about this guy who, um, who, who um, came from the outskirts into the, the sort of bright shining lights. Um, there's, some, there's some big similarities between that story and Subway story about Fred DeLuca, um, you know, partnering with a bloke to start a little tiny sandwich shop in, what was the city, was it Milford, again? Connecticut. Yeah, Milford, Connecticut. Um, and then giving people something which is so unique and different with some attitude. Um, so it's, it's a really beautiful, like-minded story to sort of tell. And, uh, and the other thing about, you know, and obviously there's, there's a whole fresh sort of Prince connection with, with, sort of, you know, with Eat Fresh. But I think the other thing for us was, um, we were talking about cultural connections and, uh, and uh, the Fresh Prince and that sort of style of music at the moment is sort of, counterculture and come back into culture now as well so it's trying to align ourselves with something that people are really talking about and um and to liking now and it's just a great vehicle to tell our story in a you know in a pretty simple beautiful way there's a nod to nostalgia as well you know yeah, fresh is, is a nostalgic yeah. concept yeah and and so we liked that part of it we liked julian dennison from a a a, a fun point of view we yeah. we thought the song was was entertaining i mean and and you know there's there's people who didn't like it, people who do like it. You know, the complaint book certainly um, gave us some feedback, but mm. um, but at the end of the day, everybody noticed it. And for the first mm. time in years, people were saying to me, "Geez, that new Subway ad stands out." Or for the first time in years, Mumbrella's rating our ads. Or or the first time in years, people are saying, "Hey, I noticed your billboard." Like the people haven't noticed Subway. And so um, I think it's because it's fun. I think it stands out, but I think mm. it's because it's true. Mm. At, at its core, Eat Fresh is who we are. And, and we did some research and we just put Eat Fresh on a billboard, no logo. And, um, and you know, 98% of people said that Subway. Like, mm. if that's not equal to our logo, I don't know what is. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, before we get into the nitty-gritty of how it was made, because obviously we're in COVID times... Um, Fresh Prince actually did a reunion. Did that factor into any creative? So the Fresh Prince team did a reunion in LA or wherever Correct. they were. Did yeah. that factor in, or was it just sort of like no full timing? No, we had we had some information that um that um the Fresh Prince um when it was released, I think back through Netflix, one of the other streaming platforms, it was really taking off. So um so young teens were actually watching it um, a lot. Time. So all of a sudden, it's a, something from my from my childhood was being watched again through a new childhood. And I think um, so that cross um, demo appeal um, was really, really powerful to us. Um, and of course, there were always going to be like, you know, Ben's point, there was always, you know, when, when you're dealing with something cultural, you know, anything cultural, there's always going to be pros and cons to doing it. But as Ben said, people just noticed it and, um, and it told our story in a you know, bloody good way. So, um, uh, so yeah, and, and then when we saw the Fresh Prince reunion, that was uh, it was actually after I think we pitched the idea and, and, and we're like, oh, maybe we can sort of tie in and there's going to be reboots and, and whatever, but uh, it didn't really work out for timing. But um, uh, but still really proud that we sort, of get, we, we, we sort of rose that zeitgeist, I think, along the journey. Awesome, awesome. 
Cool. So, Ryan, tell us, um, what was the process in getting that Fresh Prince wrap? Yeah, it, it was... Uh, so, obviously, when you pitch an idea like that to a client, um, you caveat the shit out of it. Um, because, <laughs> I, I, know yeah, this, like, I, I know the actual the suit that was behind it, and she's like, I don't think we can get it. I'm like, you still need to present that concept so yeah that's what we always say the bravest ideas or the the biggest ideas are the braver ones and they're always the most scary and um but uh, you know we're responsible and i think we we uh i I, I think ben could see me shaking beneath the table when, when we presented it but um but we did a little bit of rigor early and then sort of kept the journey going and had some great um partners to help us get the rights to the music and and Quincy Jones, the producer, obviously had to sign off on it and, and, and things like that. So it, it was a big process to get it probably done. Probably Will Smith. He probably loves us as well. Yeah, yeah, loves us, I reckon. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I still remember the day when, um, when, when Vicky Lee, who's our head of broadcast and content, when she came through with the news and she, she called me up and I was, um, I think I was in a boardroom or something, and I literally just jumped up. Um, uh, I think it was more probably relief than joy at that stage, and that turned into joy after that. But it was, it was a big moment for us because it would have been back to the drawing board otherwise. You can't you can't just go oh let's go and find another song. I remember <laughs> that we said um, in that tissue, yeah. you know, you get all these ideas, and we said those other ones are nice, but there is no idea here other than Fresh Prince. Yeah. And th- now I think that's probably made you not nervous. More nervous. Yeah, I was trying to sell you the other idea in that room because I knew that was such a risk of, yeah. of, of that one not, you know, you know, not, to co- you know, not coming off. So I was trying to sort of placate, placate the expectation right from the outset. But um, when your whole team goes, this is the idea, you, yeah. you know, like all of us in the marketing team just went, that's so good. Yeah. Um, so it's like a gut instinct, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, that's the one I can see. Yeah. So filmed in New Zealand. Yeah. But you're both here mm-hmm. and we can't travel at this time. What was that like? How did that come together? What well, does, what does the production know, look like? I, I, we do, as I said, different jobs within the subway team. They're, they're the experts at doing that, so they just told us where to be and what to do. I, we can't really take any credit for any of that, but we were there 2, 3 a.m. some mornings due mm. to the time difference, and it was it was hard. Yeah, so so it all came down to Julian, right? Um, Julian um, was far and away the standout for us. Like We're across Australia, New Zealand market, and he has got great cross-appeal, I think, across both, both markets. Um, in the Pacific and uh, um, has the right character, like he's uh, he, he he has a fresher attitude, like to everything, and you know from his work in Deadpool to the world of people, like it's it's um it's this beautiful pure attitude of his comes out, um, and there are not many people who could who could basically play a Will Smith type of role in a scenario like that, and he and he could do it really well. So um, so we we sort of locked him him in pretty early, and then it just came down to where we could shoot him, um, and obviously we couldn't fly him across. We 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 were hoping we. It was still in the early days of COVID, I think, or maybe sort of midway through, and um, we're hoping beyond hope that maybe borders might open up, which which um, which they didn't. So we started briefing across both Australia and New Zealand, and then but but, but pretty quickly um, we just sort of refined it back and thought the safer policy was just to shoot New Zealand. So we used a great production company called Fishing Clips, um, uh, which is a, a, a like a, a division of fly of um, flying fish over in New Zealand, and uh, they're amazing professionals and. Um, and our director was, um, I think, wore a Fresh Prince or like a Bel Air University singlet on the briefing, <laughs> so we sort of knew he was the right guy. Um, and uh, and it was it was pretty good. Like it, it's still tough, you know. I think there's still some organic moments that that if you're on set, working with talent, working with the director and the producers, 
um, uh, it's sort of, you know, it, it's, it's also th those little one percenters, but because we had such trust with the director, I think uh, it helped us out. Awesome, awesome. Um, and obviously a very big part of that ad is the music. That, so how important is music in advertising? Because it's uh, like I have listened to it several times in the last few days to prep for this. And now it's in my head. <laughs> um, and I've also eaten Subway several times in the last few days. Uh, so. there's, there's actually a couple of milliseconds of just come to Subway, sort of actually sort of dispersed <laughs> in mind That's what it is. I see. That's what it is. Yeah, right. internally, we, we think music is critically important. We set out at the start of last year as part of our pitch. We made it a big part of it. We wanted to hear an opinion on music. And, and I think it's a way to instantly get... Um, uh, awareness and recognition and you know it's, it's an old school trick but we've used it um, in our latest campaign as well we've got a great new track and we're going to continue to use known tracks and it costs a bomb but it's working really well we do neuro insight um, analysis and second by second responses to the stimuli and certainly the the hitting of a um, of a known song at a key moment blows your awareness out of the water. And then also, I find that Shaki and the team is very, very good at uh, calming vision with music because um, I'm sure, uh, you know, a lot of people have noticed, but, you know, in, in fast food, we have very, very short ads and sometimes we're communicating ideally something very simple, but sometimes not as simple and um, quick vision that's misaligned to music makes it feel so schizophrenic and so overwhelming. So it's hard to find an agency that gets music really, really well, like as in has musicians in the team mm. who can play instruments. And I know that sounds really stupid, but it's really important because when you're trying to explain that the vision needs to align to the beat and they need to know where the beat is, that's hard to explain. To We've just found it, it makes a big difference in the finished product. Yeah, it, it helps, uh, as Ben said, it, it helps uh, that you've got musicians uh, in your creative team. Um, our creative director on Subway, David Shack, um, uh, just charted number five on the country music um, charts um, uh, recently. So um, they're not just like pub musicians, they're, um, they're, really, they're really good musicians uh, who understand both the power of the music and, and, and also how it works with comms. So, um, it's, I, I, I think it's one of our strengths and you know from, um, from you know, our recomposition of Go Your Own Way for Isuzu um, uh, to Thrift Shop Macklemore for Suncorp back in the day to this one now uh, um, and, all, and all the music uh, you know, I think for, um, for Subway so far like it's, it's cultural which is one of our key pillars it's critical um, and it's memorable so um, I, can't, I can't state it enough but, it, 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 but, but it's bloody expensive and it's always hard to sell to a client so um, but I think Ben, you know, Ben and his team and Radika definitely understand the importance of it, which is great for us. Awesome. So in the wake of everything, Ben, can I ask you, how's a business responding to all this new activity? Uh, the um, activity over the past few months has been really, really encouraging. We're, we're in a period of trying to build our brand and build recognition over time. You know, 2021 for us is about embedding and executing what we had planned to do for the whole of 2020. We're not changing our strategy. It's the exact same thing on the slide as it was 12 months ago. And so it's starting to resonate with our guests. It will take time. Our effectiveness studies are demonstrating success. And when you see a campaign from one day to the next have an instant impact on results, you know that 
the comms are playing a, a, a part. So I think, obviously, as I said before, Australia and New Zealand are in a, in a positive environment at the moment. We've done pretty well compared to other countries of the, of the world, but certainly we feel that our, our work is contributing and our sales results have been really, really encouraging. For the first time in five years, we're starting to see some of our strongest numbers. So we're, we're pretty, pretty stoked that we haven't solved it, but we're on the journey. Cool. One thing I was going to ask. So last year, we heard about the news reports about sugar in the bread in Ireland and tuna not being actually tuna in the US. So how does um, stories like this impact the Australian market? Look, fortunately, not very much. Um, people may hear about it in passing, uh, and but it's amazing how many people haven't when you actually talk to them. When you're in marketing, when you're in advertising, it's, it's, it seems to be more top of mind than anyone else but it's a really big note on the ability for the lies to get away you know we all of our tuna is real tuna um, we have different formulations of bread all over the world for local tastes like but it doesn't matter because all of a sudden it's all over facebook it's all over everything and yet to me it's more than ever demonstrating the need for proper verified news from journalists who seek a comment, who seek an opinion and pre present a balanced piece of news. Whereas right now there's a really big problem with these things. The, the famous Winston Churchill quote, the, um, uh, the, it, a lie gets halfway around the world before the truth gets a chance to get its pants on. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's I think I've heard him yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something like that. And for us, we've so, and we're not alone, you know, um, our, our competitors have had similar, you know, there was some story about pink goo in, in nuggets and things like that. The, these things are great. These things are hilarious to read online, but they're not necessarily always true. But it's really hard for our teams to keep up and get ahead of that. And, and I think that's a, a comment on social and digital. I don't know. It, it sort of helps when you go to your client, when you hear these rumours starting to go through the social and you say, uh, so what's our response? They say, and, and, you know, to the tuna one, for example, they said, well, we're 100% tuna. It's pretty easy to sort of refute it, I think, um, you know, up front. And, um, it, yeah, I think to Ben's point, it's um, it's just not helpful when, when respected commentators and the media come out and sort of just give, give, uh, give fuel to the fire. Um, just get your facts right first. And I think, to be honest, our PR team has done a really great job of handling a lot of that stuff because you, you don't see it on the Channel 9 news. You don't see it on, you know, respected websites because our team has successfully been able to explain that that ain't news, <laughs> you know? So that's been a benefit, I think, for our local team. Okay, so to both of you, what have you seen recently as great examples of creativity in any industry? I'll kick it off because I'm uh, I'm a creative director, so I should probably know about this, shouldn't I, Ben? <laughs> no, I, I think um, I'll, I'll start. Of course, mate. Yeah, of course. It's definitely it's definitely the subway emphasising I've seen around the place actually. <laughs> but um, the, there are there are two bits of work, um, and this is, I'll, I'll stay in comms, and I'll let Ben sort of go outside of that if he wants to. But in comms that I, that I really like at the moment. Um, there's one bit of work which has won everything at Spikes recently, which is done by a couple of mates of mine down in Melbourne at Saatchi's called Donation Dollar, where they minted a whole new currency 
um, with a message on it to donate that currency um, to, um, to, to, you know, to people who need it more than you. So there are, I think there are 32 million um, $1 coins minted by the Australian Mint um, called donation dollars and they're in circulation right now. Hopefully you'll get one. Um, and every time you pick it up, um, it'll just be a sign for you to go and give it to someone like it might be a busker, it might be in one of those charity boxes in a subway for Act for Kids or something like that. Um, uh, and I think it's a beautiful, it, it's a beautiful use of creativity to solve a problem and to get people thinking differently. And yeah. and they're, they're they're honestly the sort of ideas that I love the best. Like that, you know, like those that can change minds and change lives. Instigating it into everyday life. Exactly yeah. right. It, it's not trying to come up with something br- brand new. It's 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 change for good. You know, yeah. I think um, yeah, it's a beautiful idea. And from a purely commons point of view, I, I'm 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 really liking uh, the CHG proximity work um, for flybys at the moment. I think it's similarly a wrap to eFresh, but it's, it's 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 crafted beautifully. But it's a, such a simple insight. Um, the flybys and points, the whole point structure is democratic. You know, everyone loves it. From a Balmain mum, I think it was to um, to a bloke who's riding scooters for delivery companies to whatever it is, you know, and I think um, it's, uh, it, it's a beautifully crafted bit of work. Um, so big props to the production uh, sort of partners in that case. Awesome. Um, for me, um, uh, I think 2020 was hard. Like you say, it was a bit scrappy and, mm. and everyone was doing a thank you campaign yeah. <laughs> of some sort. Um, uh I really like the recent, um, the, the lamb stuff in terms of the murals. I like the insertion into culture that they are doing. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. They had, I think they had Gladys and, and Anastasia, um, oh, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> in, in a romantic setting um, for, for a mural, a meeting of a lamb. I, I thought that's a bit of fun. Um, it's not gonna. It's not you know hugely creative, but it's a it's an extension of the idea which I really like. The biggest thing that probably sticks in my mind over the last year was um, in America. I don't know if you know Popeyes. It's a they had this big thing about a chicken sandwich. Who has the biggest chicken sandwich? And they, these guys just it was huge. And I, I was over there at the time, and um, and you couldn't buy this thing anywhere. And and it was just so basic, but cost them nothing. It was all it was all around just one social post where they they hung it on um wendy's or somebody else i can't even remember who and it just blew up from there and um and i just thought it was a really cool example of of you know jumping on an idea using social to your advantage and and poking the other guys i think their 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 social media following went up by 20 or thirty thousand in a couple of hours and from a smaller smallish base so Mm. I thought that was really cool. Um, I don't there's know a really good, yeah, there's, there's, there's a really good marketer um, who runs all the Burger King brands. Um, uh, Burger King gets a good rap on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> well, just saying maybe we should get Burger King in here. Yeah, no, there, there's awesome. a guy called called Fernando Machado who's the global marketing director for Burger King brands, so Burger King, Popeyes, and a couple of other ones. And... Um, and he just believes in creativity, and uh, and I think Ben and Radika uh, and the whole team actually have got a really similar sort of you know, attitude to creativity. They actually view creativity um, as as a marketing tool and a tool to grow brand and to grow sales, and it's 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 a complete investment. It's not just a cost. And I feel like um, uh, so we're really lucky to work with partners like that. But Fernando has taken it to an extreme level where. Um, where he, um, you know, he, he, you know, he's he's almost a chief, you know, he's almost like a chief creative officer, you know, for the brand, and just um, and his and, and, and most of his time is just spent driving ideas um, through, um, which is um, which has been so successful for his, you know, his brands and his products. 
Awesome. Okay, so we're obviously here for bar. Um, so, two of you, tell me what your favorite bar moment is, or memory, or favorite thing about bar, um, and why you're keen to see bar back on the agenda. Well, it's it's new news to us about um, about what bar really is because we're just talking about the lunches and and obviously they're famous and I've uh, you know, I've had a couple of really great ones uh, in the past. Um, back back when advertising agencies and media agencies were linked, so we we used to have Zenith Opto Media as part of our agency on the same PNL, um, so we used to get all the media perks. Um, whereas you know creative agencies get none of that anymore. <laughs> um, uh, but we used to you know uh, to always go to bar. It was such a great um, so iconic event on the calendar within our community and I think um, that's that's obviously Bar's strength is as a, a beautiful community uh, engager um, but just hearing stories from you guys you know tonight um, uh, you know, about um, about the great work it does for people in our industry who are suffering uh, and struggling a little bit I think is really really important and, and I feel like um, you could probably do a better job you might actually need a creative agency to help you out here yeah. um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um to, to tell your story better because it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that you support people when, when times are tough and and, uh, and I think I think bar could become known for that you know yes. like more than the lunches and, and that's probably not a bad thing to look at yeah I was interested to learn about that as today as well I didn't know much about that and for me over the years obviously the big events are great and it's great to you, you, you don't realize how big the Brisbane industry is and, and until you go to those events and see them all there so so that's always quite cool um but yeah i definitely think um learning more about the other things that bar does is is probably a huge opportunity definitely we'll get on that <laughs> um, okay so before we leave quick fire segment we want to try and make this as regular as possible um so both of you just first thing that comes into your head um what's more important media or creative ryan creative uh, that was quick. I think creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see if we can answer at the same time. What's more effective, traditional or digital? Traditional. traditional. <laughs> <laughs> why? It's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I don't know why it should be separate. If, if you've got an idea, it should work anyway. Exactly right. It's just an idea is an idea, which is why we, we're both saying traditional, but it's the same thing for us. It's just... Um, uh, yeah, one one big idea it should go absolute cross platform. Uh, it doesn't matter, yeah. um, and should always yeah, and, and should, should should always earn first before you need to pay for it as well. Awesome. So it resonates everywhere. Uh, what's your preference, Zoom meetings or face to face? Face to face. face. <laughs> what's more irritating, workshops? Mistake. Mistake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's more irritating, workshops or marketing jargon? Jargon. Jargon. I love a workshop. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. The workshops are good at actually... But, but right, like very small workshops. Small workshops where you actually just get shit done. Like as soon as it gets up to 20 people or even past 10, it gets into a conference. Yeah. Conference. Yeah, I love that. What's your least favourite marketing jargon? Let's take it offline. <laughs> just fucking solve it in the moment, you know? Just yeah. get to the point. A lot of people say moving forward. Moving forward, we're going to do this. Yeah. I don't know. That's always stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. Jana, your least favourite? Oh, got me on the spot. I have to think. <laughs> Let and me take this offline. <laughs> <laughs> See? That's what I deal with every day on TMR. <laughs> uh, thank you both so much for coming in today and joining us and giving us a little bit of insight into your working world. Um, any final thoughts? No, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's fun. A quick report from our president. 
Uh, planning is well underway for our Christmas bar lunch with a super fun theme. So keep an eye out on our bar socials for our big announcements. Um, reminder to everyone listening, please buy a membership um, via our bar website, bar.org.au. This donation is completely tax deductible and you've still got four months until the end of June. Um, so write off that money and this will allow us to financially support our wonderful communities in need. And a huge thanks to a few amazing people in our Brisbane community who has helped in making this wonderful podcast. Our fabulous host, Lauren, who along with Eloise at Longway Entertainment is also our talented production partner. Uh, Erica and Amy at Red Havis, who are inspiration and driving force for Barcast. With Blue for our badass jingle that kicked things off. And finally, our host, Acast. Please follow our socials and tell us what you love and what you don't love as much. Um, and also any suggestions on who you want to see. Um, a big heartfelt thanks to everyone listening to today's episode and we look forward to chatting with you all next month. Thank you everyone and be kind to yourselves.